What if you were able to sit down for lunch with some of the greatest leaders in the world? What would you ask? What would they say? Welcome to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where you're invited to join us in learning the spiritual principles behind big success. Here's your host, Mike Lynch. Welcome to episode 118 of the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where we sit down with some of America's greatest leaders, find out how they have learned to lead with their faith out in front. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike, and it is my honor to be on this leadership journey with you as we're all seeking to be the leaders that we were created to be in the space and the place that God has put us. You know, if there's a word that we have talked about over the past few years on this podcast that probably surfaces as much as any other word, it's the word purpose. It's living that purpose that you and I were designed for your race is going to look different than my race. My gifts are going to look different than your gifts. What we are able to accomplish is going to look very different. But yet all of us at the end of the day have a purpose that God created us for. And when we align our lives and our livelihood with that purpose, we begin to make a mark. Today, we sit down with a young lady who is living out her purpose. Her name is Christina Hovastat. Christina is not only working in community relations at the National Football League and making a huge mark in the sports industry. She's also the founder of the Seat at the Table for Women in Sports and Entertainment, a community of women who are dedicated to equipping and empowering the next generation of female game changers through mentorship. I love Christina's story. You are going to hear it throughout how Christina found this lane that God created for her, and she is living out that purpose. Today, I hope you're encouraged. Today, I hope you're challenged. And today, I hope you begin to live out your purpose the way Christina has hers. So I don't know where you're listening from today, but I want you to pull up a chair And I want you to listen in to my conversation with the NFL's Christina Hovestat. Well, Christina, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Lynch with a Leader. It is an honor to have you. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Well, I know you are a resident now in the northern states. You're a Florida girl, though, by trade. Tell me about Christina growing up. Give me a little of your background growing up in Florida. Yeah, of course. So grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I grew up in a sports family. So my dad actually played football at Troy State when it was Troy State. My mom played basketball. My sister played volleyball. And I grew up a swimmer. Um, so I, I went to the junior Olympics and swimming. I was always outside in a pool somewhere. My hair actually turned green. So we had to find, (laughs) um, we had to find new shampoo and conditioner that would help my hair be a normal color. Um, but I was always in the sunshine. And so it's definitely, um, definitely interesting being up here in the Northeast, but it's where God's called me in this season. And, um, but yeah, growing up in Florida, Florida was awesome. Now you, I heard you had quite the flag football career, correct? Growing up that you were, (laughs) you were a stellar standout flag footballer back in the day. You know, I wouldn't go that far, but I did score a couple times. Um, I was, 
we always joke that my dad wanted a boy, and so I was the first child, so I was his boy. Um, but I grew up as the only girl on my dad's flag football team for about five years. Um, so I obviously swam, but also played flag football. Um, and it was awesome. I was the only girl breaking barriers, I guess, from the beginning. Um, but it was amazing. I remember one time I ran down the field, and I think I could be, I'll be honest, I think I flag guarded on like right before, like maybe one yard into the end zone. And they kept calling me, and I was like, I didn't do it I didn't do it and I think it's because I was a girl that they had grace for me and were like she scored so we, we frequently talk about this at Thanksgiving dinner so I'm sure we'll talk about it you know next Thanksgiving as well so I, I love that a ton you know I hear you've taught I've listened to a lot of your interviews and I hear you talk a lot about your parents what did your parents do right so here's this little girl growing up all sports family and you you really don't have a choice but yet your parents did some things really right for you. What were some of the things they did well for you while you were growing up? I love that question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Um, so my parents have always been supportive of maybe being creative and exploring different outlets and areas that I was interested in to find my passion. Um, my dad, I remember when I was in college, my I came home really excited after my freshman year and I was like, dad, I want to work in sports broadcasting. And I'm like thinking he's going to give me this pat on the back. Like you go girl. <laughs> Instead, he literally said, Oh, that's awesome, honey. But how many other girls in sports um, do you think want to work in sports? And what are you going to do to set yourself apart? <laughs> and mm. Like I always, I always talk about that because they challenged me in such a, a grace filled way, but they challenged me by giving me that real talk and what I needed to hear. And to remind me that, when you're trying to get to where you feel like you're being led, there's going to be adversity that gets in your way and you have to start preparing those disciplines early um, to figure out how you're going to get to where you want to go and how you're really going to be set apart and walk that set apart life. So for me, you know, I, I actually, we might talk about this later, but I grew up um, in a Catholic home. My mom is from Colombia in South America. And so um, just deep roots of Catholicism. And so I did grow up in the church every Wednesday and Sunday and had a foundation there um, but never really had a relationship. And so I would say, you know, even through going through Catholicism, my parents did have me in the church and my mom would pray with me every night before going to bed. And so that was in, in the roots of my childhood. And so I'm very thankful for that. You know, I, I heard you also tell a story you know, because I, I know you have a passion about giving back and making your life count for other people. And I heard you tell a story about an experience on Christmas Eve riding down the road with your parents, looking at Christmas lights, and something happened. I think that it probably looking back was a game-changing moment for you. Do you mind recounting that story a little bit and sharing that for everybody? Of course. Yeah, I, I love that you brought that up. Um, I was really young, and I remember we have this tradition in our home where we go look at Christmas lights every Christmas Eve. So um, we'll go throughout the neighborhoods, and we usually go to my grandfather who passed away his neighborhood and see what lights they have on the house. And um, I remember we were really, you know, like probably three minutes from leaving our house, and we look over to the left, and there's this guy that's on this um, on this uh, bus bus stop and he's just laying there and he's really cold and my dad was like we need to turn back around and go you know get him clothes and get him whatever he needs and I was really young at the time and that has really just stuck out to me and it spoke volumes to me even as a child of when you see a need and you're in the moment meet it and I'm actually tearing up because I've only shared that story twice in my life but it's something that I hold really 
near and dear to my heart because my dad modeled that example of not only leadership and, and really how a man should lead his home, but also um, just that my passion for giving back really started right there, to be honest. So that, that was really special to me. You know, it's so funny how many times, you know, as parents, you parent for big moments and it's never the big moments that your kids remember. It's actually the, the things that just happened and you are marked by it. And you use a phrase a lot. I've heard you use this phrase a lot, serve the one who's in front of you. What, what does that phrase mean to you? I love that. I think in today's society and we're all guilty of it. I know I'm guilty of it. Um, we constantly think of what's next and we mm. constantly think of where's God taking me or, or, you know, what's next on my adventure. And really, I think God is, is teaching me and telling me, be where your feet are. And if there's a need in front of you and you can meet it and you pray about it and you can meet that need, meet it. You know, um, it's, it's really not as comp living a purpose driven life per se is really not as complicated as we make it living a meaningful legacy filled life is not as complicated as we make it. It doesn't have to be like you said, this like grand thing and everybody it's like a big party or event. It can literally be when you're driving down the road, you see someone that needs a coat, you get, you know, it might be an inconvenience, but you turn around, you drive back home, you get a coat and you bring it back to that person. Um, at the end of the day, there's a reason God doesn't tell us to worry about tomorrow. And that's because obviously today has its own troubles of its own, but honestly today has so many moments that we can choose to honor him and to honor people in that moment if we're present. But if we're not present and we're always thinking about what's next, then we're going to miss the very person that, got, that has been placed in front of us for us to reach. So I, I really try to model my lifestyle that way. It takes intentionality though. <laughs> it, it really does. And, and boy, that, <laughs> that phrase today has enough trouble of its own. We have, we have certainly found that to be true and, and, yeah. and are learning what that looks like. So, you know, you think about even Jesus's life, his greatest miracles typically weren't where he thought he was going or where the disciples thought he was going, it was the passersby, it was the people he bumped into. How do you how do you keep your mind present? I mean, you're, and we'll get into your job here later, but you're an incredibly busy job. You uh, have a lot of responsibilities on you, not only with your job, but with your podcast, with speaking. How do you keep yourself present? What's a way that you've been able to do that? I love it. Um, honestly, praying all the time, every morning, during the day, throughout the day, help me to prioritize. God, help me to prioritize. Um, when you have so much on your plate, as, I, as I'm sure you know as well, it's, it's hard sometimes to prioritize the things that God wants you to do because there might be really good opportunities, um, but they're not the ones that are meant for today. And so to me, prayer is at the forefront of my life. Um, truly, that's how I, I determine what my schedule is going to look like for the day using discernment there. Um, and honestly, just renewing my my mind as Romans 12, two says, like, then I can test what God's perfect plan is in that day. So I would just say renewing my mind in prayer, while it sounds cliche, that is what we are called to do. Um, and it really, it really helps. And I'm just constantly building my relationship with God and hearing his voice even clearer when I make sure that those two things are the forefront of my every day and throughout the day. That's really good. So here you go. You, you, after your, your stellar flag football career ends and you move <laughs> on in life, you went off and played volleyball in college. What was that experience like being a college athlete? And what did you learn doing that that helps you in working with athletes today? I love that. 
Um, yeah, so I actually had a few different offers to leave the state of Florida. And I'm really a homebody. I love my family. I grew up five blocks from my grandparents. Um, so I was always over there as much as I was my, my parents and my sister live in, in Florida. So I wanted to stay. And so I chose actually going to a junior college for the first two years. Um, at, at the time, it was FCCJ. We were ranked 13th in the nation with JUCO. And it was awesome. I loved playing college volleyball. The community, I think even to this day, I always say the greatest community that I've ever had was with my volleyball team. We all lived together in um, in an apartment building. So there were like four of us in each apartment, but you just walk downstairs and there's another set of four from your team. Um, but the college experience was amazing. And honestly, it really prepared me for where I am today. Um, I had great coaches. One was from Puerto Rico and he was fiery and he was intense. Um, but he challenged me to levels that I never knew I was capable of myself. He pulled the gold out in me. And I think that's something that I take to this day, whether it's personally or professionally, is what am I going to do to acknowledge a gift that is in someone else? And maybe they're not fully walking in it or don't realize the capacity that they have in that gift. But what am I going to do to be that person to pull out that gold in them? So is that at the NFL? Is it when I cross a player's path or at the league office? Or is it just when I'm walking home or I'm on a subway in New York? How am I going to pull out the golden people and be intentional in that? Because um, I've been the, the beneficiary of that, especially in college, with a coach who would literally pull me on the sidelines during a game at the time when the Indianapolis Colts had a dome. We were in the finals, and I remember I always tell the story because we were the only volleyball court that was set up in that dome. And I was on the 18 national team and he pulled me aside and he started shaking me. <laughs> and He literally looked at me in the eyes and I said, why don't you like me? And he literally said, the moment that I stopped coaching you and I stopped pouring into you is when you should worry. He said, I'm so hard on you because I care about you that much. And I see what's inside of you and I want you to walk in it. And I'll never forget that. I was probably 17 years old at that time. And, and it's really helped me to lead today. Yeah, and 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 I love that, Christina, because we always think, well, I want to get where I'm going to go, and I want everything to be easy, and I want all the coaches to be nice. But the reality is it does take that to get the best out of us sometimes, and it does take those things that we walk through. And your life wasn't all roses, was it? You had some, even in your high school and early college years, you had some crisis of belief moments. You had some moments where you had to determine who you were going to be. Do you mind sharing a little bit of that story with us? Of course. I, um, I hated high school, to be honest. It was the worst experience ever for me. Um, I even had to talk about it in therapy, <laughs> uh, probably as close to like five years ago, because it just left so many scars on me that I had to work through, um, to be transparent. I'm, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I share my story because I know that someone will benefit from it, but maybe it is to a parent that's listening, even that has a kid that's going through this, but it was, I went to a public school. I loved going to a public school because it was diverse and had that real world experience, but I didn't have a relationship with Christ at that time. I didn't know what that was. And so navigating without any kind of guidance or even God at that point was obviously very difficult. And I was just known as an athlete and I was the, the quiet girl and, to be transparent, um, I lost my virginity in high school, and it, it wrecked me. The whole school found out. There were rumors about me. Um, it was awful. And so I lost trust with my parents because now my parents are freaking out and protective over me. There was just so much that happened um, that was awful. And 
it really led me to my knees in multiple ways. My parents had taken the car away from me for good reason. Um, they didn't want me going anywhere. And the one place that they said that I could go was um, church. And at that time, obviously, we had gone to the Catholic church. And so I would ride my bike up to the church. And while everyone was in mass, I would pray in the room where people would just pray to the rosary. I would literally get on my knees and cry out to God. And at the time, I didn't know what it was, but obviously now as a Christian, I do. If that was the presence of God that met me there, I felt safe there. I felt peace there. I felt his presence there. Um, and eventually um, in college, I ended up um, I ended up just finding myself at an altar at my knees. And it's so like God to meet us exactly where we are, because what had led up to that was I was um, working as an intern for scout.com for the Jaguars and I would go interview these players for the Jags and they, in the, in the um, interview, they would give me these answers to these questions and I would go home and cite the answers, which I thought were really good quotes. So I'm trying to cite a quote and I'd actually end up reading the Bible. So I remember one player was like, um, you know, faith is being certain of the uncertain and the unseen. And I was like, Oh man, this is good. I need to see who quoted that. And so, went home and started Googling and I started reading the book of Hebrews. And so one thing led after another, God met me exactly where I was, went through some crazy things in college. And I found myself at a non-denominational Christian church, celebration church in Jacksonville, Florida on my knees and just surrender my life to Christ. And when I say that my life has never been the same, it hasn't always been easy, but God has always been with me. Uh, he radically changed my life. And that was, uh, I'm 32 now. So that was when I was 21. Um, that was a very long winded story. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's a good, that's a great story because I think in our, in our minds, we all assume, okay, I look at Christina now, I follow you. Of course, we know each other. I know you from Twitter and I follow you and man, your life just looks like it's all coming together and it's all perfect. And it's that reminder that in everybody's journey, we're going to have hurdles and obstacles, but God never wastes them. He never wastes mm -hmm. those tough experiences. They're not going to just go by the wayside. He is going to use them. Knowing now, knowing and having that relationship with Christ, it changed everything about you, didn't it? Tell me about, tell me about how it changed even the purpose you live for now. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I was running this, like, zigzag race. Like, I don't know, I can't even, I don't even know the visual to explain it, but I literally felt like before Christ, I was running in this zigzag line, like aimlessly, like knowing that I was made for more, feeling that I was made for more and never being able to kind of pinpoint what that quote unquote more was. And it wasn't even at that time, I didn't have a materialistic gain. It was just like, I know there's something inside of me that I'm meant for, but I couldn't put my finger on it. When I finally said, God, I can't do this on myself. I want you to come into my heart. I want you to guide my steps. I want to know you more. When I just surrendered everything that I had planned, he literally came, filled my heart, filled my life. And he was that person that put my life on this purpose-filled path of everything that I'm doing is to glorify him. He's the one that made me recognize that these gifts, the creativity, the abilities that are given to me, even in my weaknesses, that he is strong. When he when he just started revealing those to me very quickly. And so now all of a sudden, I have a reason to be living. Not that I was suicidal, but I literally have a reason and understand 
why I'm on this earth. And that's to love God with everything in me and to love and serve people with every gift and ability that he has given me. And at the end of the day, I've said this before, but I hope my legacy truly is that, that Mm -hmm. I don't care if people don't remember me at all. I don't care, but I want them to know God's name first. And hopefully they know the people that are still on this earth that I've been able to equip and pull the gold out of so that they're walking in the purpose and the plan that God has set for their life before they were even born. So he was really that strong anchor that just made everything clear for me after I gave my life to Christ. And it was a process and it still is, of course, but uh, that's right. right. And yeah, you know, it's not, it's not something we ever arrive at, is it? It's not something that you just go, Oh, okay. I got all this figured out. You're, you're 10, 11 years in the journey now and discovering all those things you know, there there was a great philosopher, and he, and he made a quote, and he said, we live life forward, but we understand life looking backwards, which I, I agree yeah. with. It makes more sense out of the rearview mirror than it does out the front windshield. You know, you spent a season <laughs> of your time uh, as a high school coach. What, what's so interesting about that as a teacher and a coach, you went back to the area of your life that had been the biggest struggle up to that point. Why do you think those years of doing that were so critical for where you are now? Oh, my goodness. I, to this day, teaching and coaching was the most fulfilling Mm. position that God had ever had me in an assignment. And to your point, I never wanted to be a teacher. Um, I I always wanted to be a coach, but I never wanted to be a teacher. Um, And I remember going to a track and praying around the school when I thought that God was calling me to teach. And I said, there's no way that I can do this. And God spoke so clearly to my heart and said, if you had such a hard time when you were in high school, how much more so do you think that these girls, these young women are going to need you today in the world that we're living in? And when I was there, I mean, I really learned how to be faithful with, with what was in front of me because I had the same kids every day in every class year round. I had the same volleyball uh, uh, players on my court every single day. And it was God teaching me in that moment. And it's the philosophy and principle really that I live by today is who's in front of you right now. And how are you going to be faithful over those hearts that are in front of you? There's a reason. And it's not coincidental for the people that God puts in our path every day. And there were times that we, I, I remember there was one time where I lost, we lost to our, our rival manager in high school in Jacksonville. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. And honestly, I was really upset. And I remember tearing down the net. And, um, my girls had left the gym was empty and a janitor walked in and she was crying and I got to pray with her and she ended up giving her life to Christ after talking with her for a couple hours and praying with her. And I always think of that because it's funny, like you said, people can see kind of what my life looks like now from the outside and, and the influencer quote unquote access that people say that I have, but the same principle that I lived my life by back then serve the person in front of you that God has put there mm. to, it's the same now. And I think that God just said, where much is given, much is required. When you can be faithful with little, he can give you much. And he just chose to put me here and give me a little bit more territory, like the prayer of Jabez in sure. the Bible. So um, it, it's the mission never changed, but it totally prepared me for what I'm doing right now. You know, and I know you sort of made that first step into that world working with the Rashad Jennings Foundation. How did that door open for you? How did that whole process, here you are, you're being faithful, you're doing what God called you to do, you're blooming where you're planted, you're being where your feet are, but yet this door opens. How in the world did that come about? 
So that's another God story um, that you that you always see in hindsight. But um, it's truly a testament that God uses everything for good. When I was 20 or 21, so it was probably a uh, 21 or 22, probably a year after I gave my life to Christ. Um, I was living in this apartment building downtown in Jacksonville and I would always talk to the concierge and like, I had this fire in me. I'm like, I just want everybody to know about God. And so I would go up to the concierge and I'm, I'm talking to them about Jesus. I'm talking to them about current events. And one day the concierge goes, Christina, I really love talking to you about this, but there's this other guy that lives here. And he literally talks about the same thing that you do every day. So I have to introduce you to him. Is that okay? I said, sure. So it was actually Rashad. He was a rookie for the Jazz at the time. And when I met him, I didn't even know he played football. I didn't know any of this. And we talked in a library downstairs in that building. And we talked about our faith. We talked about God. He ended up getting plugged into the small group at the church that I went to. We would go to Bible study every Tuesday. And his foundation, fast forward years later that he would launch, had to do with literacy. And so when I was teaching, I was teaching intensive reading for students who couldn't read. And so he said, I, I see what you're doing in the classroom. I'd love for you to come over and run the programs at the foundation. And I initially said no, because I thought that God had called me there. But as he does, I was getting comfortable there. And God spoke to me and said, if you could have such a great impact here, then how much more so could you have um, with using the platform that I've given Rashad um, to even make my known to make my name known that much more. And so I ended up leaving there and eventually became executive director. But that's just a whole entire God story of like, I couldn't have planned any of that. And we always knew from the beginning that we met that it was a God thing because God has always been the center of our friendship. Mm. Um, And when you have friends and you have community that you intentionally choose to have Christ at the center, he can do some amazing things that you literally can never imagine. But he has to be first in order for that to happen. That is a that is a powerful story. And what I love about that is that didn't come from you chasing Rashad down in the elevator to go, hey, I've got a dream of one day being an NFL and you're an NFL player. It literally came from your obedience, your daily obedience to be kind to the concierge on your way out. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. And God opened, I, I've got a good friend and his quote is, the great doors of opportunity swing on little hinges called obedience. And here you are walking into this world that God had fully prepared you for by getting you into that. And now you get to work with the NFL and you work with community relations for the NFL. What is something about NFL players that the average person who watches games on TV and reads the news media and reads the sports highlights and listens to talk radio about sports. What is something about NFL athletes that most people would never know? I love that. Um, I would say the size of their heart mm. are huge. I mean, the majority of the players that I meet, they all want to do good with the platform that they have and that they're given. And so people on the field, they see how big their bodies are and they're huge players. But I would argue that the size of their hearts are even bigger. You know, there's a reason that God has appointed them to have the platform that they do, Um, whether they're a Christian or not. They're surrounded by people that are showing the love of Jesus and calling the gold out of them. And 
and, and, and just being able to see the size of their heart every single day, um, that we're able to, to work with them. It's a blessing. And I would also say that these guys are so creative. Mm. Every single guy that you meet is different, you know? And so when you're, when you're on a field, you see the helmet over them and you never get to know the true player, but there are guys that are super passionate about poetry that obviously Rashad did dancing with the stars and he ended up winning that. Um, they're so talented outside of the sport. And I think people would be just as, um, overwhelmed with how awesome they are off the field. If they did some research into what they're doing off the field. What's the biggest thing you want to accomplish in that role? So the NFL's given you a task as the community relations, when you get up and you, you, you drive into the city and, or ride into the city and do go to that job. What's the biggest passion you've got for that and how, how your platform's used? I love that. Um, I would just say <clears throat> loving people like Jesus does, whether that's the nonprofits that I work with or the people in the league office, the players, um, the fans at the events, whatever it might be, uh, loving them so well that when they leave a conversation with me, when they leave a meeting with me, whatever it might be, that they literally think there's something different about her and I want to know what it was. Or maybe they don't, and maybe they just say, I felt really loved today. Um, if I can serve and love whoever's in front of me, I mean, there I've met crazy amounts of people from the world standards um, in this position that I'm in. I met people on planes. And every conversation is the same. We end up talking about God. Um, I'm at this point in my walk that whether I'm at the NFL, I'm an actress with 100 million followers on Instagram, the purpose will literally never change. And I can't, I always pray for boldness because time is short. And I think the times with, with COVID and all of that proved to all of us that we don't know what's going to happen. And, and we're living in some, in some crazy times. And it's time that we really get our spiritual lives together, whether that's you've been far away from God and, and you are starting to feel that nudge that you need to come back. Um, or you've never learned about what it means to have a relationship with Christ and you should start seeking that out, whatever it might be. I think whatever platforms that we have, we need to be bold and just share our faith and share, really pull out the golden people. And I think that was a long winded answer, but with the platform that I'm on now, it's, I hope I love and serve people so well that they end up knowing God because of it. And that's whether I'm at the NFL or anywhere else that he chooses to take me. Are there ever times you don't feel bold? Are there ever times that fear gets the best of you? Yeah, I would say, especially at the beginning, um, cause you really, I would say one of my biggest prayers is discernment like anything. So whether I'm talking about uh, running a social media campaign or whether I want to talk about Jesus, I always pray for discernment. You know, the Bible talks about being slow to speak and slow to anger and quick to listen. I think I had those out of order, actually, but you get the point. <laughs> um, he, he tells us to do that. And so if, if, if we can just pray for discernment on when to bring up things, on what to say, when to feel the Holy Spirit uh, spirits nudges and when you're prompted to speak and when you're prompted to be quiet, then the fear starts to get smaller. And I would also say the more that I've worked out that muscle of just being bold and being able to share my faith, I always say that the world is sharing all of their different agendas and everything that they care about. And so if Jesus is the center of my life, why do I need to be fearful about sharing about him? You know? So yeah, I would say I get fearful, but as you start to flex that muscle, it gets a little less scary. 
you know, I love that answer because it ties in so well to your, your mission and the message, you know, to live intentionally and activate your life with purpose. When you live intentionally, it just leaves you with less regrets, doesn't it? When you live intentionally, it's those unintentional days that we look back and go, wow, that was a real, really a wasted day. I'd love to know, do you think you can have a purpose in this life as big for you if you didn't know Christ? So so that moment never happens where you meet Christ at that church and you begin to grow in him and get in a small group and and activate that part of your spiritual life. Do you think your life would have as much purpose today if you hadn't have done that? Absolutely not. Hmm. I I actually frequently think I, it's scary for me to think of what my life would look like without God. Um, that, that actually, yeah, it's going to make me cry. But I, just in talking about that, there's this Psalm, um, I think it's in Psalm 32, and it talks about how God will instruct us and teach us in the way that we should go mm. and that he will always guide all of our steps with his loving eye. And I always, I, I think back to my life and the only reason that I've ever had an opportunity that I did met a person, had a God story that I could share, had a miracle happen, all these twists and turns in the process of just seeking God. It's been God the entire time. I literally can take no credit for any accomplishment, any platform, any, anything being alive. I can't take credit for any of it without Christ. I, I mean, I literally, when I say I follow God day by day, I truly try to do that. And it's listening to the prompting of the Holy spirit, meaning God is speaking to us and going with that and being obedient in that moment and trying not to delay it. Um, and so, yeah, I would say there's no way in the world that I would be where I am without Christ. I know you've got a, I know, I know you've too, Christina, got a passion for women in sports. And I think it was the very first thing I saw you on really challenging those ladies in the marketplace and those ladies in sports to sort of activate their calling and activate what God's doing in their lives. And you've got a podcast now set apart women. Tell me a little bit about the podcast. I love it. Yeah. So I actually need to get on doing more episodes, but, um, the set apart women was birthed actually out of a prayer call that I started when I was running Rashad Jennings foundation. Um, and I would just have this prayer call every morning. I'm not a morning person at 7 AM and I would invite any woman at all that wanted to learn more about purpose and learn more about God and faith to jump on. And so I would give a short message and then we'd pray together. And eventually that turned into a podcast um, with the set apart women. And it's funny because now that I'm at the NFL, um, and the letters are like intertwined. So I, I always say it's totally God, but started the set apart women when I was with the foundation and I've done that in the podcast. And then when I got to the NFL, I realized this like particular group of women that worked in sports and entertainment need to learn about their faith. And mm. really they want to come to the table to learn about the industry but every Friday morning, we have something called a seat at the table. And on Friday morning, uh, I share my faith there. And we and it's for women in sports entertainment that want to learn more about God. And so it's been very interesting to see how God has taken the set-apart women in such a season. And recently within quarantine in these last seven or eight months, he chose to turn that into a seat at the table for women in sports entertainment. So 
That's fantastic. It's, it's been awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm so proud of you. That is so good. That is so good. You know, yeah. as you were telling your story earlier, Christina, about growing up and, and um, you know, you went through some tough times. If there was a parent driving in listening today and their student is going through one of those seasons, what's a challenge you would have to them as parents? Um. I would say, first of all, it's so funny. I talk to parents almost daily still, even though I'm not a coach and a teacher. Um, a lot of parents still call me to ask for advice. Two things. One, I would say be encouraged and know that no matter how far off your child is or how far off the path you think they should be, that God will always bring them back. And do not un- underestimate the power of a praying parent. Um, even if the circumstances look completely opposite of what's going on and your heart is troubled and you have anxiety, that as long as you focus on being faithful to God and leading as God would want you to lead as a parent and asking him for wisdom with that, um, then, then, then things are going to work out. And I have faith in that. And secondly, a challenge would be, even when you don't feel like it, be intentional about pulling the gold out in your child because there's so much information out there right now. There's so much noise going on that from a parent, from a father, from a mother, even from a guardian, um, that could mean so much to a child. Like I said earlier, when my dad edified me and encouraged me and said, that's great, honey, but then he followed up with the challenge of what are you going to do? It really motivated me. And so I think sometimes there are even parents that try too much to not get on their child's bad side and they, they want their kid to talk to them so they don't challenge them. I would argue that, especially when you're a teenager, you're more act to listen when you're challenged, um, in a good way, in a grace filled way. So always have, have your lips filled with grace and salt and you, you can't go wrong, especially as a parent. It's a great, that's a great word. And I, we had a, a mentoring couple to my wife and my, my kids are 26 and 23 now. And we had a mentoring couple that said, I promise you, they do not need another best friend. So they need you to be their parent. They do not need you to be their best friend. And it's hard. It's hard. It's hard on both ends of that. It's hard to be a kid. It's hard to be a parent. That is a, that is a really good word. And it says a lot about your parent, how they stuck in with you and they didn't quit. They didn't stop believing in you. And, um, and I know how proud they must be of where you are today. You know, scripture says, Christina, there's a, there's a verse in Acts and it said, David served his purpose in his generation. And then he was done. He fell asleep. Mm -hmm. What do you think was the purpose, is the purpose that God created Christina for? When he knit you together in your mother's womb and he created this unique path for you, what do you think was that purpose he created you for? I love that. I would say, these are great questions, by the way. I do a lot of interviews and these are really good. Um, I've never been asked them. Thank you. uh, of course, the purpose in my life up to this point, and who knows when I'm, when I'm older, it might change, but, um, he has given me such a great passion for sport and such a great passion for loving people. And so I think he created me to combine my passion of sport and loving people well to eventually make him known, um, and to make him known through everything. And it's funny because that's the theme up to this point in my life, whether it's playing sports as a kid and being the only girl on the team or working at the NFL league office right now, it's funny how, like you said, I I also heard a quote that said, 
uh, our hindsight is just us catching up to God's vision all along. Mm. (laughs) And I always think of that because I always laugh when I look back and I'm like, I worked in sports broadcasting. I studied sports. I played sports. I work at the league. I've met Rashad, like all these different things, but the purpose never changed. It was always to give glory to God. And I, I think he just, he fashioned me to be able to love people well and lead people to him at the end of the day. So maybe that's sports in this season of my life, but maybe when I'm a grandma, God willing, sitting on a chair with my grandkids in my lap, it's just going to be loving them to know God even more intimately. So the end of the day, it all just leads back to him. And I, I know that's what he created me for and, and so many more for, of course. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Christina. What a difference maker. It is so refreshing to meet people like her who take the bull by the horns. Don't just say, well, it's just the way that it is, but truly use their lives to make a difference in others' lives. Christina Hovestat is living out the purpose that God created her for, and that purpose is to point people towards him and to use the gifts and abilities she has to make a difference in this life. Thank you, Christina. Well, we are staying in the NFL since we have kicked off our 2021-2022 NFL season. Next episode, we get to sit down with Chris Maragos. Chris walked on in college. He became an undrafted NFL free agent but ended up winning two Super Bowls with the Seahawks and Eagles, played 92 games, and is another person who lived their life to point people towards Jesus. Chris Maragos is a winner on and off the field, and you are going to love our conversation. If you've enjoyed this today, would you just hit pause now? Go leave a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify. Let other people know that you're listening. Share it. But the best way is to always subscribe. That way you never miss an episode and maybe miss a story that God has for you. Thanks again for joining us today. And I pray you go live out your purpose in this generation. Thank you for listening to the Lynch with a Leader podcast with your host, Mike Lynch. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help more people hear it by subscribing and leaving a review wherever you may be listening. For full episode notes and more spiritual leadership resources, visit MikeLynch.com.